Buccaneers fans, here he is, Ira Kaufman. New season already underway for the Sage. Who knows what number this is in his career. He's the Baron of Big Storm Beer, Mr. Bill Curry Ford himself, the king of Newport Ritchie, Uncle Ira, the custodian of Canton. I'm Steve Isbitz of JoeBucksFan.com. Lee Decapper of JoeBucksFan.com is here. The podcast is the Ira Kaufman podcast. You can find it on all kinds of podcast platforms, Podcast Addict, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and at JoeBucksFan.com. As always, the fun is presented by Bill Curry Ford. And all month, they are continuing, Ira, with the triple zeros because people are going crazy for it. You don't see it elsewhere. Zero money down, 0% financing for up to 72 months, and zero payments for 90 days at Bill Curry Ford. Get there now, BillCurryFord.com. I've been told that on top of all of that, the Ira Kaufman discount, as always, is in effect. And, of course, they've got the giant. The new futuristic dealership is there. It's alive. It's open. It's a sight to see. Even if you just like cars, go down to Bill Curry Ford, a mile north of Raymond James Stadium. You can see the giant, Sean Sullivan, the general manager. He's always eager to help you. You can reach out by phone, by email. You can find him at BillCurryFord.com, and they'll give you $500 just to order a new vehicle via their concierge custom ordering service makes it real easy. No deposit. BillCurryFord.com. Later, Sage, we'll talk about the great beer and some of the changes at uh, Big Storm Brewery. Brand new looks for the beers. Full cases, twenty, not just the four-pack. Now we got the uh, traditional 24-packs. Big Storm Brewery, the official beer of the Ira Kaufman podcast. Big Storm uh, Brewing Company, I should say. BigStormBrewery.com is the website. And anytime you have a disaster at your property, 24-7, you call Florida's Elite Restoration for an absolutely free, high-tech, involved assessment, evaluation of this disaster, mold, fire, flood, storm damage, whatever. So you know what to do. And you can fight with your insurance company through Florida's Elite Restoration. They'll go to battle for you to get the money that is yours to repair your property and restore it Florida's Elite Restoration.com. Ira, you are uh, a man busy with tennis. You've been celebrating your Chiefs victory all all week. But I've got a Bucks question for you. Are you ready for that, Ira? Well, I thought I was going to rant about the Chiefs for a minute, Steve, but uh, I'll, I'll answer your question first. All right, Ira. Lee, I'm going to give, I'm going to put Ira on the clock. You can go uh, a minute and 20 seconds and blubber about your beloved Chiefs. All right. Lee, here's the point I want to make about the Chiefs' three Super Bowl wins. Maybe I'm looking at this wrong, but I don't think I am. I think 90% of the Super Bowls are won by the better team. I thought the Bucks were better than the Raiders uh, in the 3 game. Uh, I thought the Bucks were better than the Chiefs uh, in the 2021 game. But, Lee, I'm looking at the three Super Bowl wins for Mahomes. The 49ers first time around, the Eagles, and the 49ers again. Lee, I dare say, I think the Chiefs were the inferior team all three games. I do. Certainly this year, they weren't as good as the Niners. Uh, and going into this game, they were missing uh, their uh, best offensive lineman, which was the left guard, Thune, out uh, against a very good pass rush. He's got no wide receivers, so to speak. Lee, I guess the only way I can explain it is we're, we're witnessing history with this number 15. Now, Lee, having said it, he, he didn't look very good in the first half. He didn't. He looked confused. He was getting sacked. He wasn't running. Lee, when he doesn't run, I think it really hurts the Chiefs. 
he didn't run much in the first half against uh, Baltimore, the first half against Buffalo. It's a big part of his game, Lee. He's not Lamar Jackson, but he's damn good. He's damn good uh, on those third and sevens and getting those first downs. So what he did on fourth and one. So, Lee, what I'm saying to you is the Chiefs were not the best team in football in 2023. I don't believe that. But they got the best player at the premium position. And, Lee, when you got one of those guys, and Brady did it a few times along the way in the fourth quarter. And, Lee, all three Super Bowls that Mahomes won, he did it in the fourth quarter. All three and overtime. We're witnessing history, Lee. And I thought Russo was crazy. Absolutely nuts. Last week or two weeks ago when he said he's the best quarterback he's ever seen. And Russo's 65 years old. He's seen Starback. He's seen Marino. He saw, you know, all the great ones. And I thought he was crazy because how could you put him ahead of Brady? I still can't put him ahead of Brady, Lee, but damn, the guy's on his way. I, I think he's going to get five or six before he's done. I can't even put him ahead of Montana yet. Four rings. He does have four. He does. Zero picks in the Super Bowl. Sage, I got to slap you around a little. I got to slap you around. You know why? Because let's face it, this is one of the worst years ever for a conference in the NFC. I don't care that the Niners were this or that. This was a terrible NFC this year. Horrible. Uh, Even the best team, the Eagles, just completely imploded. Dallas can't win a playoff game. The Rams scratched and clawed their way to get it to 10 wins. The Lions don't have any experience. Uh, the Bucks, you know, the Bucks were the, the number four team. And then look at them. They were four and seven. This is a down year. The, the Chiefs beat an inferior team, in my opinion. But, Steve, they, they had to go to Buffalo and Baltimore along the way. Steve, yeah. They did. Yeah, they did. they did. That's why I'm saying they were better than the Niners, I think, because they, they were battle-tested uh, from a tougher conference. Well, I mean, Lee, by the middle of the third quarter, you, you didn't think the Chiefs were better than the Niners. I mean, not in that game. And I'm going to blame Shanahan a little bit. You know, look, we can debate the overtime thing uh, all we want. I, I I think I would kick off with the new rules. I think I would take the ball second. I think Andy Reid is right. But I don't think that cost him the game. I'm not saying that. But Lee, he's got, he got Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he had 80 yards rushing. He had 80 yards catching. And then he opens the third quarter and, and McCaffrey doesn't touch the ball. Lee, that's just dumb coaching. <laughs> well, was there like three minutes left and he's throwing the ball? Run it with, with McCaffrey. He got the best running back in the league. Try running it to, to burn the clock out. It was like maybe a minute and a half, second down, yeah. a minute and a half to go, something like that. Yeah. Burn the clock, dude. You know, he doesn't learn. You know, Bernie, he's almost as bad as these defensive coaches that still think he can win with defense and hand the ball off. He doesn't learn. And by the You're, way, this the team not knowing overtime rules, I can't remember the last time I heard something so blown out of proportion. You don't need to know the overtime rules to know that you need to make a stop. Can you make a stop? Did the Chiefs right. score three straight possessions? Make a stop. You win the Super yep. Bowl. Make a stop. That's fair. Make a stop. Those last three drives were long drives, Steve, by the Chiefs. Nothing cheap about them. And, long drives. Fair, to be fair to Shanahan, I don't, you know, he later said, and it sort of made sense, he won the ball third. He won the ball first and third. Yeah. But um, the first I, don't, second, I, don't like, I don't like that thinking, Lee. I, I don't like that thinking. I, I, I mean, I, I, to me, it makes sense. However, he could be covering for something that everybody's overlooking. The Chiefs just scored, what, with 30 seconds ago, something like that? 
Right. If Shanahan kicks the ball off, his defense has to go straight back on the field. That's fair. Sage, um, I, th- I think it was a no-brainer for the Niners to take the ball first for the simple reason of, did you really want to put your super young quarterback in a position to have to get a touchdown? I mean, give the guy a little uh, breather, take the pressure off him a little bit. Yeah, it's overtime in the Super Bowl. It's all the pressure in the world, but he doesn't need more of it. And uh, let him do his thing. It wasn't his fault, and uh, they never got the ball third. I think he did the right thing all the way. Take the ball. Bruce Arians himself in some of his interviews this week said, oh, you take the ball. What are you talking about? You go score and put the pressure on them, and then if uh, you know you hope to uh, make a stop and get the ball back and win the thing. I, I, I think it was 100% the right move. Well, I like taking the ball first in the old rules, Lee, and I'll give you, I'll give you my best argument why I think I would have uh, deferred and, and kicked the ball to the Chiefs first. I'll give you my argument. And I think this is a strong point. Lee, the Niners went ahead by three points. Chiefs got the ball. Lee, they faced fourth and one at their own 35. What did they do? Mahomes took the ball in a shotgun, and, and he ran for eight yards and kept the drive going. Now, Lee, here's my point. If that had happened on the first drive of overtime with the score tied and the ball's on your own 35, fourth and one, I think Reed punts. I think Reed punts because if you don't make it, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. And knowing what the score is and being able to use a fourth down to your advantage, Lee, I think that's a big edge for, for the Chiefs in that situation. I'm going to guess if this was, the game was broadcast on ABC and it was fourth and one on the 35, I'm sure we would have heard ESPN stats and Alex say go for it. They, they would have. And I think that would have been a silly move, Steve, and I'll tell you why. Because if you make it, you're still at your own 37-yard line. If you don't make it, Steve, you're basically going to lose the game. And I think in that situation... I think Reed would have punted, Steve. I feel like we have to arm wrestle or something. I, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting all mad. I didn't even want to talk about the Super Bowl. <laughs> but Sage, so you're telling me that a Hall of Fame coach in Andy Reed, with a guy you just said maybe the greatest quarterback of all time, they would have taken the ball out of his hands and legs to punt. That would be the stupidest thing I could possibly imagine. And everybody afterwards, if it didn't work, would have been saying. Oh, they took the ball out of the great. That's Todd Bowles in Cleveland. That's what it is. Steve, if that's the first drive of overtime and you make the first down and you go on and you kick a field goal, you know, you drive another 40 yards and you, you bring Butker out there and kick a field goal, you, you don't win the game, Steve. You don't win the game. You still can't uh, take the ball out of the greatest player in the game's hands and put it in your defense, which isn't that great. Uh, you can't do it. Well, I don't trust uh, Pacheco on fourth and one because um, I, I don't think I don't think the Chiefs are very good in, four, in, in third and fourth short yardage. Uh, I, I just don't think so. It would have been interesting. Uh, um, fun stuff, Sage. Fun. We're just a few guys talking football here on a on a Tuesday night. Uh, Ira, look, <laughs> we did a poll at JoeBucksFan.com. Which pending free agent is least important? For the Very bu- interesting. Very interesting, Steve. Least important for the Buccaneers to retain. Now, Chase McLaughlin won that with only 42%. Levante David was next, 25%. Mike Evans, 19%, said he was least important. Baker Mayfield, the quarterback, 
10% said he was least important. And fans consider Antoine Winfield Jr. the most important free agent to retain. Uh, Lee, Ira, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm going to be quick because I know uh, Lee wants to weigh in on this. And I I think I know what Lee's going to say, and I'm going to agree with Lee. He's a wonderful player, Winfield Lee. He's wonderful. But he's a safety, and they had among the worst pass defenses in football. Am I right, Lee? They did. Yeah. That's with Antoine Winfield. Now, I wrote a column that Mayfield's a middle-of-the-road quarterback, maybe a little better, maybe he's, you know, 13 or 14 out of 32. But Lee's a quarterback. And if you let Winfield go, uh, I don't see a lot of options. Am I wrong, Lee? So I am I am shocked that uh, Winfield was deemed more valuable than Baker Mayfield. I'm, I'm kind of shocked at that. Well, there's a, you know, you know the, the Trask cult is out there, and you could have freaking uh, Brady come out of retirement and they'd scream for Trask. Matter of fact, they did, if I remember right. They didn't hear they were screaming for Trask. Man, it's just, I can see why teams didn't want Tebow. They weren't going to start him. People, I mean, they're going this nuts for Trask. Imagine what it was like for Tebow. Oh, my God. But uh, this is a great question about which is least important. You can make an argument if the Bucks believe in quarterback X. Now, I'm not going to mention any names, that if they're going to get quarterback X, or if they think quarterback X is that good in the draft, then you could argue Mayfield's not that uh, not that important. If, this may drive you nuts, Ira, I really believe there's going to be two or three good, if not great, edge rushers available. It's going to cost, but they're available. For example, Khalil Mack. You had a chance to get Khalil Mack. Would you sacrifice Winfield? He's a difference maker, Lee. Now he's not young, Lee. No, he's not, not. young. He's not. Uh, but uh, I don't know how much Bowles is looking into a future. You know, remember Bowles said, "Oh, I'm not going to make seventy, and he's already sixty. Who knows how long he's got? Does he have the luxury of uh, of saying, eh, nah, I don't need to edge rush roll draft or take our chances'? And I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just that's a rhetorical question. I really don't know. Hassan Reddick allegedly is on the trade market. He claims he didn't ask for a trade. Well, someone sure leaked that out there. You know, I don't know if it was the Eagles or his agent, but someone leaked it out there that uh, he's available to look for a trade. Now, again, he came out last night and told Jordan Schultz of uh, Bleacher Report, who, by the way, I was we shared an elevator at Aria. We ran into each other uh, that last week. You know, that, hey, I, he told Jordan Schultz, no, I never asked for a trade. But, again, it goes back to if you can get an edge rush, it don't cost. But if you can get one, would you sacrifice Winfield? Steve, it's very intriguing. And, Steve, look at it from this aspect. Jordan Whitehead, who's not as good as Winfield, I'll say it out front, he's not. Winfield's a cut above. But he was a good player, Steve. And he was like 24 or 25 years old. And they let him go. They let him go, Steve. They, they didn't make a big effort to keep him. And he's starting on a very good Jets defense for a defensive head coach. And he's a good player. He's not as good as Winfield. I admit it. But by virtue of the position, Steve, safety, and I understand what Lee's saying. You can't get enough pass rushers. I don't know how Bowles does it, Steve. You don't know how Bowles does it every year. He comes up with 45 sacks as a team. I mean, they got Logan Hall and, and Shoyinka and, and Will Golston and Devin White 
and, and he comes up with 47 sacks. Steve, I, I don't know how he does it, but one year the, the well's got to dry up. I mean, he's done it since 2019. Very, very consistent on that pass rush. But, Steve, I, I don't see where he's got that guy. He doesn't have that guy. That's why this guy's got five sacks, and this guy's got four and a half, and they got eight guys with three sacks, and that's how they do it. But they don't have the Nick Boses and the Max and the TJ Watts, and they don't have that guy. They just don't. And they don't have JPP. You know, I'm, I'm with Lee about the priority of the rusher. And, Steve, I'll throw this out before I turn it over to you. At that pick number 26, and I know some fans aren't want to hear this, but, Steve, you, you, you might get the best center in the draft. I mean, you might. Or, or the second best guard in the draft. And I don't think that would be terrible. And then maybe you can uh, get a pass rusher uh, on trade or free agency. But, Steve, there's not a big run on centers and guards normally. There's not. And when you're picking 26th, you, you might have a starter fall into your hands there because God knows, Steve, they cannot run the ball. And I know Rashad White doesn't have great vision, but it ain't all on Rashad White, Steve. They got to get a better run-blocking interior line or, or they're going to finish near the bottom next year too. Well, Sage, uh, for the record, the Buccaneers had 48 sacks this year. That was tied for seventh in the NFL with the, the mighty 49ers. So, uh, yes, Todd Bowles does get sacks. And uh, he does it every year through uh, smoke and mirrors. But obviously, the whole defense works better when the sacks are coming from a consistent pass rush, which is what the right. Bucks struggle with. Now, the Bucks are paying top dollar for a top-edge rusher, Ira. They're just not getting it, and that's Shaq Barrett. Uh, the Bucks are kind of strangled by his contract. Uh, there's not much they can do with it, and there's not much point in cutting him. It doesn't help them too much, so... He'll probably still be around, but I don't know. As far as that poll, I don't really understand why a lot of fans think Antoine Winfield is is more important than Mike Evans. The entire offense crumbles without Mike Evans. The entire offense. Derek Brooks, Sage, who uh, you have all the respect in the world for, and I listened to him on his podcast and other interviews. Uh, he doesn't come out and say it 100%, but having listened to him say it three or four different ways, he doesn't believe that Chris Godwin is a number one receiver, that he could he could do that at this point in his career, or that's even his game. And without Evans, the whole, the whole offense crumbles. So I don't really understand uh, where people are coming from other than the age of Antoine Winfield, and obviously he had a great year, but he's a safety, like you said. Bucks aren't in the playoffs without Winfield. Granted, I know their defense, the pass defense stunk. Part of that is there's no inconsistent edge rush. You can make an argument that the Bucks aren't in the playoffs without Winfield, but the plays he makes all over the field. You know, when I threw that out there about Khalil Mack or Hassan Reddick, I'm not being anti-Winfield. I'm just, you know, rhetorically, what do you do? I mean, edge rush is so important, and Winfield does make a lot of plays, but he's a safety, and then nobody in their right mind is going to say a safety is more important than an edge rush. That's crazy talk. And, Lee, let's give Visbitz a little credit here. He just did a throwaway line, and I've been thinking about it since he did it. And you know what? Steve, it deserves to be more than a throwaway line because I think there's a lot of truth to what you just said. Can you imagine this offense, Lee, without Mike Evans? They'll be sitting on Godwin, uh, you know, telling Trey Palmer and Kate Otten to beat him. They don't have a running game. Mayfield, you know, he's not elite. That, that, that is a tremendous point. By, by Isbets, unless you think Trey Palmer's ready to take a huge step up 
And I think it's a fair point about Godwin, you know, maybe not being capable of being a number one. Uh, Lee, that, that is a tremendous point uh, by his bits, and I don't normally like to give him any credit, but, you know, Evans, or whatever semblance of offense they have, Lee, and, and it's not a great offense, 20 points a game. It's not a great offense. It could be in shambles without Evans. It really could be. Yeah. Isbeth makes a great point. I don't think it's even a could, Ira, and and I don't think it's some sort of great point to say Mike Evans is the, the best player on offense. I know what you're saying. I appreciate it. But the whole thing is just goes to dust. I mean, last year they were saying, well, they're doubling Mike Evans and they're disguising that they're double teaming Chris Godwin. So those guys were locked down. It's like they've got mirrors in the defensive backfields of other teams or something. And imagine if there's no no Mike Evans. Then they're going to straight up double Godwin, and then they'll have these smoke and mirrors double teaming Trey Palmer. It's just, you know, obviously without Mike Evans, they'd get another receiver and all that. And I, and I don't discount Jason Light being able to find a guy who can contribute. But, I mean, uh, without Evans, I don't know what happens to the teams. Kind of like what Lee said, the Bucks wouldn't have been in the playoffs without Antoine Winfield. You know, obviously I think, they wouldn't be in the playoffs without Mike Evans either. Would you have a big problem with the Bucks drafting a guard or a center at 26? Yeah. Yeah, I would. You, you got to get an impact player. I don't know if a center is – you know my line, Ira. I've always said that. I, I've, I've never seen when, – when you are when you need a touchdown, you're down a touchdown with 50 seconds to go, and you have to march uh, 70, 75 yards. I've never seen a left guard lead the team down the field and score. Never. And you can say the same thing about a center. You can get all kinds of quality centers later in the draft. Same with guard. Tackle's a different story. But guard and center, no, 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 no. No first round. No, 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 no. Well, Lee, what if the guy makes an immediate impact in your run game? I mean, what if he does? Well, you know me, I'm a 21st century man. If you're going to build an offense, you throw the ball. Get an impact guy. Get a quarterback. Get a wide receiver. Shoot, get a tight end. No guard or center in the first round. No, no, no. A little Buccaneers trivia for you. Who was picked in the NFL draft one pick before Kyle Trask? Oh, that was uh, Creed Humphrey, Kansas City. Yeah. And allegedly, allegedly, I don't know how true this is, allegedly uh, he was, uh, he, the Bucks had a bullseye on it. And the Chiefs pulled one up, you know, pulled the, the rug out from under Jason Light. Very good player. Very good player. On a rookie contract, Steve. He's next to that guy, Dooney. And by the way, Lee, and I can't let this go without uh, commenting. Donovan Smith is mediocre at this point. That might be being kind. And Lee, their general manager, who, who does a great job. I mean, the guy the guy is very, very good, Brett Veach. But Lee, he made a terrible error in judgment taking that right tackle from Jacksonville. The guy's making a $20 million or something. The, the guy stinks. Dewan Taylor, that's a terrible move. And if you didn't have Mahomes, it, it would probably be uh, the thing that kills you. I mean, Bosa. Lee, Bo- Bosa was on top of Mahomes the whole game. The whole freaking game. Their tackles are not very good, Steve. Not very good at all. Yeah, and, and still uh, they're going to be fitted for rings. They are. Uh, it makes the point of what I was saying. Find that guy. Now, you're not going to find another Mahomes. But find no. Joe Burrow. Find them, Lee. Find Joe Burrow. Find them. Find them. Well, Sage, if you want to find Florida's best craft beer, that is at Big Storm Brewing Company. Tap rooms in Clearwater, 49th Street, just south of Olmerton Road. 
Beautiful outdoor setup, fully covered indoors as well. Follow them on social media. Facebook, they always got the specials out there. Instagram, Big Storm Brewing Company, Clearwater. There's also the Ebor City Tap Room upstairs in Centro Ebor. Totally different vibe. Follow them on social media. Every tap room has a little different menu. You've got Odessa off State Road 54 on Success Drive and in Orlando at the Amway Center, open for events and also open when there's not a game. BigStormBrewingCompany.com. They've got all the legendary beers. Check them out there. The Bromosa, the Tangerine IPA, Tropic Pressure, Golden Ale, so many. And they've got a new look. They got a new can. They've got the Bromance, which is a brand new beer that is rolling out on Valentine's Day. Big Storm Brewing Company, BigStormBrewery.com. And we thank Florida's Elite Restoration, Ira. I know you are prepared. You are ready to draft Florida's Elite Restoration. Anytime you've got a disaster in your property, 24-7, you call them up. They'll give you that free evaluation. Mention Ira Kaufman or Joe Bucks fan. And if you need their services after the free evaluation, they'll give you $500 back cash for your deductible or just cash back to restore your property. You need someone you can trust in your disaster plan fire, flood, mold, storm damage. Don't wait. Insurance companies demand that you address these things immediately and you need someone who knows what they're doing. That's Florida's EliteRestoration.com. Well, you know what, Ira? Adam Schefter threw this out the last couple of days. For all we know, Schefter's getting used by an agent. But it looks like, if you believe Schefter, and you know, very few people are more plucked than, than he is, unless your name's Jay Glazer, the Bears look like they're going to keep Fields and draft a quarterback. And if Fields Whoa. turns it around, well, then they got they got a hell of a draft chip. Who the hell's been saying that the last couple of weeks? I'll raise my right hand. I've been saying that for a long time. If you sign Mayfield, you still draft a quarterback. If Mayfield turns out okay, well, you got a hell of a trade chip. If Mayfield stinks, you know, he reverts to being awful. Well, guess what? You got his replacement ready to rock and roll. By the way, Steve, I don't know if you guys saw Merrill Hodge last week. Yeah, I know. Uh, he's a, but he's pretty he, accurate about that, believe it or not. He, he ripped Caleb Williams a new one, Steve. He, he doesn't think the guy's any good. He doesn't think he's going to make it. He thinks he's he, he might be a bust. Wait till Sean Sullivan hears that one, Steve. Oh. Hey, Sage. Oh. Hey, Sage. As long as we're talking about this, let me throw this out at you. Since you're the one who's been lobbying for a quarterback and all this stuff, as if, uh, you know, I know you want them to have a chance at the quarterback, even though these guys are still at the top of the draft or still a 50-50 proposition. Anyway, would you simply go to the Bears, who do not have a quality left tackle, and say, look, we'll give you Tristan Wirfs and our number one pick for the top pick in the draft? i do it in a New York minute. Whoa. i do it in a New York minute. It depends on what Leighton uh, and his guys think about the quarterback. If there's a, if there's a can't miss guy, then then you got to go get him. Then you got and you got a chance to go get him. You you got to do it, Lee. You got to do it. I uh, could sympathize with your view if this was any other year, but this may be may be the best quarterback draft since 1983. Uh, I think you'd get a hell of a good quarterback without having to give up Tristan Wirfs and and getting the first overall pick. Not getting in the top 10 is a different story, but that's, uh, I know where you're going, Ira, but not this year. Not this year, I wouldn't do it. Only because, you know, there's going to be five or six guys that probably are going to be pretty good quarterbacks. 
Lee, you're not going to get one at 26, are you? You're talking about moving up? Uh, oh, yeah, you'd have to move up, I think. I think. And then Phoenix slips to the teams. You trade up and get him. Uh, it sounds like there's going to be a run. I don't know if that's agent. You know, agents working the phones already. Hey, there's going to be a run and, you know, motivating general manager to make a trade. But we already know Bruce Arians already said that he's a big Penix guy. <laughs> Lee, you'll acknowledge that there's a gap between Penix and Caleb Williams. You'll acknowledge that. Well, uh, right now as we speak, I mean, I, I'm just going by the naked eye. I think Caleb Williams is sensational. But I've, I, there's another scout out there. He's not named Merrill Hodge. I know Merrill Hodge is not a scout. And, but Merrill Hodge does have a, believe it or not, decent track record of calling out awful quarterbacks. You gotta, you gotta work with me here. He was an ex-jet jet scout, so you know, insert your own punchline. He thinks Williams is Johnny Manziel the second. Whoa. On the other hand, though, this guy said his number one quarterback is Spencer Rattler. So you know, consider the source. <laughs> uh, Steve, Steve, we gotta show respect to Sean Sullivan, the GM of uh, Bill Curry Ford. Uh, he he knows what he's doing when it comes to the draft. And Steve, he's not backing down. He said it, and he's sticking with it. The best prospect he's seen in the last 25 years, Caleb Williams. That's what Sean Sullivan said, Lee, and you were there when he said it. Oh, I heard him. He told me that this morning, too. All right, Sage, look, uh, shifting gears here, and of course, yes, Sean will be back soon with his best-in-class podcast, marching us to the draft. He is the JoeBucksFan.com draft guru. Looking forward to that. And I know he's putting in the work right now. Bruce Arians, he's promoting uh, his Arians Family Foundation concert in March, and they're going to be doing a golf thing in April. Typical Bruce. That's what he's been doing every year. Uh, he, I heard, uh, Steve, I heard, uh, I heard uh, Bette Midler may show up as a special guest right right after uh, Jason Aldean. Might, they might drag Bette Midler out there, Stevie. Yeah, I know, I know you'll have the first dance, and, uh, you know, it'll be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Arian sat down with our buddy Rock Riley on the Rock Stops Here podcast, and Rock Riley asked him, hey, you know, people are always asking me, what happened when Arian stepped down? What really happened when you quit and retired and moved into the front office? What happened? So I'm going to read you what Arian said, and I'll leave it up to you, Ira, to tell me what stands out here. Okay? You ready? I think this thing's still a mystery leak. There's still more to be heard about this. I agree. Okay, here we go. Health had a little bit to do with it. I tore my Achilles, you know, that year before. Standing on the sidelines was getting harder with some issues just being out there for four hours standing. I just thought it was time. And I didn't like Todd and Byron getting passed over that year, you know? I thought they both deserved to be head coaches. So a lot of things went into that decision. When we did it, it was just, I think, perfect timing for all of us. You know, Steve, here's the thing I keep coming back to. And, Lee, you're very good with your instincts and looking for tea leaves. And I got a gigantic tea leaf here, Lee. And <laughs> maybe, you got, maybe you got a thought about this and Steve was involved because he was with me. I, Ira, maybe that's just a head of lettuce that fell out of your fridge. <laughs> My, could be a tater tot that I just grabbed off Lee's plate. Uh, Lee, this is a fact, Lee. Lee, this is a fact, not an opinion. It's a fact, and Isbitz was right there with me. Uh, in Palm Beach, when it happened. If Arians was going to step down, and he had made up his mind, and he had given it a lot of thought, 
and there were no other factors involved, Lee, why the hell did Bruce Arians make the drive over from Tampa to Palm Beach and then leave after one day? Why did he do that, Lee? Why? He could have met with uh, Joel Glazer in Tampa if he wanted to meet with him. Why did he do that, Lee? And the next thing you knew, he was gone. And when it came to the podium for all the NFC coaches, there was nobody standing at the Tampa Bay podium. It was very awkward. It was crazy. And he showed up, Lee. He showed up in Palm Beach, and he left. Why? So you're thinking something happened there that night. Maybe it was a discussion with the Glazers on Sunday night uh, or, or, or Saturday night. Maybe, Lee. Why did he go to Palm Beach? He was at the Combine, and it sure didn't sound like he was quitting. He was talking about, oh, we like this guy, we like that guy. He didn't sound like he was quitting at all. And, you know, what, less than a week later, he's gone? You know, Steve, I'm not saying it was Tom Brady putting his hand on the scale. I'm not saying that. Well, keep in mind, he, he had a sit-down with Peter King and Sam Farmer of the L.A. Times and told them he was retiring. Then the news came out two, three days later, but... That was also in Florida and Palm Beach, and he may he probably met with the Glazers before that. So the whole thing is a little bit strange, and it's just one of those things. Also, Ira, you know, Lee mentioned the combine. I personally asked everybody drafted in 2022 by the Buccaneers, and they all said they didn't talk to Bruce Arians at the combine. Now, why would that happen? When he's, you know, they, I asked every single one of them said, no, 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 I didn't, didn't talk to him. Didn't meet him there. So that, that's a little strange to begin with. That is strange, Steve. That is strange. Speaking of rock Riley, Steve, that guy's everywhere. I, I don't think he's going to Indy. No, he's not. I don't not. think he is. He's not, which uh, he's not. But Sage, he, Bruce Arians said, I didn't like Todd and Byron getting passed over that year. Is that him saying, look, I got real pissed off and I was thinking of leaving anyway. And I figured, you know what? You don't want Todd to be a head coach? I'm making him a head coach. Well, the whole thing is weird. I mean, whose call was it? Was it Arians makes his own call about a successor? Or or, or is it Light and the Glazers? I mean, who's making the call? Lee? Well, wasn't, wasn't there a published report when the Bucks were negotiating in the first place with Arians? The Arians wanted to have a successor, whether it be Bowles. I think it was Bowles. Well, obviously it's Bowles. Uh that that was part of the deal, and that apparently one of the Glazers rhetorically asked, "Who are we hiring? Are we hiring Bruce, or is Bruce hiring?" You know, there was some uh, big sticking point was that Bruce wanted to set up his successor, and the Glazers yeah. were slightly uncomfortable with that initially. I don't. Uh, I wouldn't blame the Glazers in that case, Steve. Uh, the succession plan in place for Arians. I mean, I'm hiring Arians. You know, that's where it ends. I'm hiring Bruce Arians. Uh, if he leaves. Or we can them, I'm making the next time. So the whole thing's weird, Stevie. All right. Well, uh, you know, there, there's more to that, and I'm sure it'll it'll come up as the years go by. Uh, Sage, uh, let me throw this to you real quick, and then we'll get ready to get out of here. Again, as we heard uh, just before, floridaseliterestoration.com. Get there immediately. Remember, if you mention the Sage or JoeBucksFan.com, uh, when you first call, if you end up needing their services, you'll get $500 back toward your deductible or just cash back and uh, big storm brewing company follow all their locations on social media 
Uh, so you'll see all their specials specific to the locations and the menu items and all that. Uh, Big Storm Brewing Company in Odessa, Clearwater, Amway Center in Orlando, and upstairs in Ybor City. Sage, I know you're obsessed with this quarterback stuff, but I, I think what you failed to look at is the division. Like the division had a huge hand in everything that happened this season, right? The fact that they were even still in it at four and seven spoke to the division. And so I got to ask you, you know, do you think you can win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr? Do you think you could win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr? Because if you say yes, then Mayfield is extraordinarily valuable because I think even the, the avowed Mayfield haters would say that he's better than Derek Carr. No, not the way the Saints are currently constructed. They, they, they can't win a Super Bowl with Derek, uh, with, with Derek Carr. They, they can't. And I don't think the way the Bucs are constructed right now, Lee, that the Bucs are capable of winning a Super Bowl next year. I don't. Find that guy. Get him on a rookie contract. Lee, you're swimming in money for three years and build around him. And that's how you're going to win 11 or 12 games every freaking year. And one of those years, you're going to win it all. You're, you're either in it to win it all or you're not. And yeah, they won it. They won it with Tom Brady. Yeah, they won it. They won it with four Hall of Famers on one side of the ball. Lee, how, how often is that going to happen, Lee? How often? Oh, exactly. That That's the point everybody seems to gloss over when they're saying, oh, you just get a defense and a, and a guy handing the ball off, you'll be fine. Well, I, I, I think people, number one, overlooked that Brad Johnson was a Pro Bowl quarterback. He was, I he know, was pretty I good. Know the yeah, Pro Bowl pretty sucks. Good. But yeah, he's pretty good, exactly. And that's number one. Number two, good luck finding four, maybe maybe five. I mean, I'm, I'm, in, and I'm invoking Simeon Rice there. That's maybe right. Maybe five right. Hall of Famers. And then people say, oh, look at Baltimore. Yeah, look at all the Hall of Famers Baltimore had. Was Deion Sanders on that team as well as Ray Lewis? And they had Rod Woodson also. Yeah. Rod yep. I mean, it was yep. loaded on defense. And uh, so, I mean, the only way you can win without a quarterback, I don't get me going on Nick Foles, come on, um, is in, <laughs> in the 21st century, not not back where, what's his face, the West Virginia quarterback came in for Phil Sims. But I'm talking 21st century. The only way you can win in the 21st century with defense first, you have to be loaded. Four yes. or five Hall of Famers. And Steve, for somebody to say, well, wait a minute, the Niners came within a whisker of winning it with Brock Purdy. That, that's a tremendous roster they have. Steve, yeah. I know what you said about the Niners uh, being over, you know, in the weak NFC, but Steve, that, that, that's a very, very strong roster that John Lynch has put together in San Francisco. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's a bad team. And, you know, when you talk about the Hall of Famers, Ira, just look at the 2020 Bucks, right? You got Mike Evans. He's a Hall of Famer. Gronk, Antonio Brown, Tom Brady, and probably Tristan Wirfs. At least he's on that path. So you're probably yeah. going to end up having five on one side of the and, ball. And, 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 Le and Levante Davids, borderline. You know, there's another one. So is Antonio Brown. Yeah, well, I yeah, think I mean yeah, I mean Brown right. will get in one day. I even you agree that right? That, that his I, I think so. I think so. His numbers are just too good, and he was too dominant. The Dominican Sue is going to make the Hall of Fame. May not be a first ballot guy anywhere close, but he was an All-Decade player. You know, he's going in as well. Ira, tremendous resume. Uh, yeah, good. Crazy time, Sage. Uh, any final thoughts, uh, Lee? Ira, any final thing burning your head? Otherwise, we'll be back later in the week. Well. Uh... <laughs> Lee, I know it's easy to take a pot shot at, at, at Tony Romo, uh, but that's not going to stop me. Uh, in the moment of truth, he lost his head. And here's what I mean. 
when McCall Hardman caught that three-yard pass, leave a common wisdom from the broadcast booth. Let the game breathe and let the pageantry take over, you know, for 30 seconds. I mean, something. And instead, he's breaking down the play, Lee, before the guy even spiked the ball. Oh, I mean, no. come on, Romo. Come on. Put a plug in it. And that wasn't his only mistake. He was early in the game. He was screaming about why uh, the Chiefs didn't, or why Mahomes didn't spike a ball. Maybe it wasn't early in the game, but why didn't Mahomes spike the ball? Hell, he had a wide receiver ten yards off sides. He would have spiked the ball. It'd been a penalty. Come on, Tony. Uh, and uh, but I, I absolutely agree with you. Totally agree with him because hollering Kevin Harmon. Kevin Harlan. Harlan. Kevin okay. Harlan. He did yeah. the same thing on radio. People say, "Oh, that's radio." No. Jack Buck and Vince Scully made their bones at Radio 2. They let the crowd tell the story. That's I mean, right. What, whatever became that? What, when did broadcasting become hollering? Hollering ain't broadcasting, to, to paraphrase uh, Bum Phillips. Hollering ain't broadcasting. Shut the F up. I can see the picture. <laughs> I can hear the crowd on listening radio. Hollering ain't broadcasting. Oh, no, 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 and and Steve, one more quick point, and I, tell me if I, I don't I don't think I'm wrong on this, Steve. I I don't think Romo knew the uh, overtime rules in terms of the clock. I don't think he knew it, and, and they should have clarified it when the Steve when the clock's kick you know ticking down to 45 seconds. The people at home are wondering what the hell's going on. Reed's not calling timeouts. What's going on? They didn't clarify it, Steve. That's a gaff. Yeah, they weren't prepared uh, from the producers all the way out. So uh, shame on them. All right, Sage. Uh, we, uh, we will see you soon, and uh, we wish you well uh, with your tennis game. And your hot, are you still hot-tubbing, Ira? We're still hot-tubbing, and we're two weeks away from uh, Indianapolis, gentlemen. Two weeks. <laughs> yes, we are. Ira's working on his appetite. All right, we'll see you next time.